In this episode, I'm beginning my series on exploring the book Common Ground. It's actually called Common Ground, Second Language Acquisition Theory Goes to the Classroom. It's by Maris Hawkins and Florencia Henshaw, and it is the book that everyone is talking about. I see it in Facebook groups. I see tweets about it all the time. There'll actually be five episodes that I'm going to devote to the topics that come up in this book, and those will be published between now, today, and the end of October. Today, we're going to take a general look at why this book, why now, and I have to tell you why I am such a huge fan. Lots to look at, so let's jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, mis amigos. Welcome to the World Language Classroom Podcast. I am Joshua Cabral, and thank you, as always, for taking the time out of your week to think about your teaching, to hear what other teachers are doing, and to bring that back to your students and into your classroom and your school. It makes you an awesome educator, and I want to make sure that you hear that as much as possible. So today's topic is the book Common Ground, and I'm going to be dedicating a bunch of episodes to the various topics that come up over the next two months, but today I really want to look at the reason behind this book, how it's set up, and why it's useful, sort of a way of setting up how and why we can use it in our classrooms. So before diving into all the ideas and the concepts and suggestions, let's really look at the rationale and why it is set up the way it is. Let's step back just a quick second and look at the whole reason why a book like this would even be necessary right now. I mean, you can go to all kinds of different conferences and you can be in Facebook groups and read blog posts. So why this book and why now and why these particular authors who are Maris Hawkins and Florencia Henshaw? So language pedagogy textbooks, doesn't that sound like a really fun time, all right? But this is actually a really fun book, I have to say. But language pedagogy textbooks or textbooks that talk about how to teach or how to learn language, they often show you a huge array of methods and approaches And they are very often based on really conflicting theoretical concepts or underpinnings. And this can leave educators uncertain about the best way to go about their teaching, their best course of action in the classroom. So if you ever studied language acquisition in an undergraduate or graduate level classroom, there's always putting out all these different possibilities of how to go about it and what all the research says. And sometimes there's research that conflicts other research. And so you're sort of left with this uncertainty about how to actually go about it. And there's this idea of, you know, find the one that works best for you and, and do it. But that's really what it is. 
Now, when it comes to specific methodology, what I'm personally aware of or try to be a little skeptical about sometimes is this idea of selling a methodology as the only way. And by doing that, it's really enticing to teachers because it offers this very concrete way of do this and get this result. Do everything in this methodology and get this result. When it's marketed well and people are talking about it and having success with it, we can sort of look at, oh, I definitely want to try that out. That seems like it's something that works really well. And I'm not saying that those methodologies don't work. But what I do suggest, very highly suggest, is that anytime we look at a new approach or methodology, that we understand what's behind it rather than just doing it because, you know, it's what all the cool kids are doing in their classrooms and having success with. And it's wonderful. They are likely having success. But let's make sure we understand the why and not just latch on to a methodology approach or what everyone's doing because it seems like the fun new thing that everyone's doing. So when it comes to looking at all the methodology that's put out there, even the best titles fall short of bridging the gap between theory and practice. And I'm talking more about those books that are used in graduate level classes for learning about language acquisition. I was there myself. I learned a lot about the different theories of language acquisition while I was doing my graduate work in applied linguistics. But even the the most well-intentioned best titles, they fall short of taking the research and then making it applicable to the classroom. And It stays in that whole area of theory, but doesn't really bring it down to practice. That means that we end up, when we're learning about all these different theories, that there's a lack of examples, really sufficient, actionable, obvious examples that make the direct connection between second language acquisition principles and the reality of the language classroom. I'm actually taking a lot of these ideas from the intro to Common Ground, where uh, Hawkins and Henshaw talk about these ideas. And I've often heard Florencia Henshaw, one of the authors, talk about her idea of principles over labels. So she has a YouTube channel where she unpacks articles about language acquisition and sort of looks at how is this useful in your classroom? What can we pull from this? And I often hear her say, let's focus on the principles over the labels. And as I was saying just a minute ago about those sort of canned methodologies, do it this way and get this result, that's really one of those label things. And I'm this kind of teacher, I'm that kind of teacher. Let's really look at the principles and what's behind it and make sure that we're following the really concrete, obvious, well-researched principles of language acquisition. And if we're doing that in the classroom, then we don't particularly have to label it a certain way. Now, there are certainly methodologies out there that encompass ways of going about language teaching that are really grounded in research that has been agreed upon by the plethora of researchers in the field. But make sure that what we're doing in the classroom, that it's based really on the principles and not just the label that's put onto it when a bunch of the principles are brought together. So throughout the book, 
though they do dabble in theory, and it's funny because it's actually in the title of the book that second language acquisition theory goes to the classroom, it is really meant for teachers. And that's what I really like about this particular book. It teaches teachers how to teach in a way that uses teacher language. And it takes it out of the ivory tower of research, and it makes it applicable to the classroom. So the language is not overly academic, yet it respects teachers as intelligent and ready to dive in. The podcast intro that I do every time you listen to this podcast where I say, are you a teacher looking for reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track or a teacher that's looking to do something more effectively, one or the other or somewhere in between, you're in the right place. So my hope with this podcast is to not always bring up ideas as if you're hearing about them for the first time and have to really water it down. And I feel like that's what this book does as well. It really respects teachers as intelligent and not having to water things down. It's this really good use of language that speaks to teachers respects who they are, what they're doing, and offers suggestions to make it even better, which is also the thing I say in the intro to the podcast. So you can see how the approach in this book really aligns with what I'm hoping for teachers on the podcast, and I think it's a similar goal to what I'm seeing in this book. Why am I such a fan of this particular book? And not just that, but the work of Hawkins and Henshaw in general, and what I see that they put out on Twitter and on Instagram, and what they're talking about in blog posts and in workshops in various places all over the country. And I always come back to this idea of the principles over labels and respecting teachers as intelligent and able to make their own decisions, to make their own choices. Once they learn the the principles and the theory, then what you do in your classroom is going to be choices that you make that are grounded in research, that are grounded in solid principles rather than just trying something out. And as you likely know, I'm a big fan of backwards planning, which means start at the end and plan backwards. So I actually want to quickly touch upon something that the authors say at the very end of the book. It's actually the last thing they say in the book. I think it's important to actually start with this. And so that's why I wanted to put it on this first episode and talking about the book. So it's in this section called Wrapping Up right at the end. And they say that most second language acquisition and language pedagogy books, including this one, make the authors seem like they have it all figured out. So that's the whole thing, right? That's what all of these books are doing. They make you feel like we've figured it all out, use our methodology, and you'll be good to go. But they say that the reality is that any advice given without a nuanced consideration of the instructional context is bound to need some adaptation. So when we look at that... That's this whole idea of your classroom is not like every other classroom. Your classroom is not like the ones used in particular research studies. So the reality is that you will need to adapt some things to your classroom. And this book allows you to do that. 
So they say that it is impossible for us or any author, blogger, or workshop facilitator to tell you exactly what you should be doing at all times. Our goal was not to plan every class for you, but rather to provide the foundation and reassurance needed for you to examine or re-examine or to discover or rediscover your approach. Make our ideas your own and share your success with others. So when I was talking earlier about how they respect teachers, There's this respect that once you know these principles and you learn them, that you will find a way to examine and re-examine what you're doing so that your approach and your teaching is enhanced and done more effectively. And that's going to be very specific to what you do in your classroom and how you do it. So again, I just really appreciate the fact that there's that respect that's put on teachers, that they know what's best for their classrooms, and it's in a way that isn't obvious in so many methodology textbooks, and that's why I'm particularly a fan of the way this book is written and the respect that it gives teachers. So how's this book set up? We're going to be talking about different things that come up in it. So I just want to make sure that you're aware, if you haven't read it, how it's set up. And if you have read it, I would love for you to be tweeting out about what I say, my take on it, and let's have a discussion as we're going through. But the book is set up into three major sections. So the first section is all about second language acquisition, SLA, and pedagogy. Then the second section is about interpretive communication. So interpretive is when we're thinking about listening and reading. And then the third section is about presentational, which would be writing or presentational speaking, and interpersonal communication. Then there's an epilogue at the end with a reality check with a lot of what-if questions that in the trenches teachers often have about what they're doing in the classroom. And this goes along with what I said earlier about those textbooks, those university-level textbooks for learning about teaching and language acquisition, that they don't bridge that gap between the theory and the classroom, and that's exactly what this book is doing. So as I go through the topics in the upcoming episodes, we will see how it's really making it useful for the classroom. So within each chapter, there are three sections. The first one is titled, What Do I Need to Know? And that's where it gets into some of the nitty gritty about the concepts and the research. And my favorite part about those is these sections that are sort of set off in a different box. And it says, in case you were wondering, and as I was reading through them, I was like, oh, but what if, and it's almost as if they anticipated that. And so they help you grapple with those things that come up with the in case you are wondering then the next section is what does it look like in the classroom and it really helps you to visualize how to apply the principles in concrete and actionable ways in your classroom this is where that real bridge from theory to practice comes in and then the last part 
is this Now That You Know, and it's a place to reflect and expand on the ideas that were in there and to start a conversation because none of the things that came up in the book are meant to be the end or the end-all be-all because just like they say in their wrapping up that they're not going to be the ones to say this is the only way to do it. They're showing you the sound principles of language acquisition and what it can look like in the classroom and then you need to adapt that to the reality and circumstances of your own classroom and so that's what that last section helps you to do because the even the ideas that come up in the in the classroom or what it looks like in the classroom might not be exactly what it's going to look like in your classroom. So I just want to touch upon a a couple of little details uh, to finish off the whole idea of why this book, why now. And it's to look at who this book is for. Who should be looking at this book or who should be listening to these podcast episodes to grapple with and learn about the different topics that come up? So if you are a teacher starting your language career, and I personally have two new teachers in my department this year who have never taught before, they're right out of undergrad, and this is their foray into language teaching, and this book is being a driving force in how I'm helping to shape them. So if you are a new language teacher and you really want to have a sound understanding of how language is acquired, this is a good place to start for you. And it's not going to be an over your head with the language. And if you're a teacher who's looking to transition from more traditional approaches to an approach that is more communicative and proficiency-based, this book is for you. And then those who are grappling, I know I use the word grappling so much, I need to come up with a different word, but for teachers who are grappling with theory and what their own beliefs are about language teaching, this is going to be, uh, the topics that we're going to talk about in the, the book are going to be really helpful for you to be thinking about that. If you're thinking about who is this book for, it is those starting language teachers, transitioning language teachers, and those that are trying to really understand the theory and what it would mean to them. So in the next couple of episodes, I'm going to really dive deeply into the topics that come up in the book. I want to dive in and discuss. So As I pull out the major tenets and principles and see how they can apply to my own classroom, I'm using it to train some new language teachers in my department. And I really want all of this to spark discussion on social media. So I would like you to tag me at WL Classroom if you're doing it on Instagram or Twitter. And also tag Maris Hawkins and Florencia Henshaw. Their Twitters will be in the show notes, so you can do that as well. This has been our first episode about the book. And in episode two, we're going to look at the guiding principles of second language acquisition. Always coming back to Henshaw's principles over labels and really looking at second language acquisition, a lot of the terminology, what does it actually mean, but in a way that is really digestible. And then the third episode will focus on goals for our students within a proficiency-based classroom and the big question of assessment. So yeah, we do all this teaching, but then how do we assess? 
And then the fourth episode will be about the incredibly important topics of input, but then also output in the language classroom. So the second episode, guiding principles. The third will be about goals and assessment. And then the fourth will be about the important topics of input and output. And to finish up the deep dive into common ground, I will speak with Maris Hawkins and Florencia Henshaw, and we'll take on some of the what-ifs and the what-abouts that come up along the way. I have my own, but I don't want this to be a closed space or an echo chamber of just my thoughts and experiences, so please do share your thoughts, your whatabouts and what-ifs and your personal experiences and questions, so that my conversation with Maris Hawkins and Florencia Henshaw are all about your thoughts and your questions and not just mine. So as you're listening, be sure to tweet or message me on Instagram at WLClassroom on both. Put questions in my Facebook group, also in the show notes if you want to join that. Or you can even email me, joshua at WLClassroom.com. Any way that you can get your thoughts and ideas about what are coming up so that I can have those and speak right to the authors. Because think about that. The number of times you read about language teaching methodology or something and you have questions, this is sort of that opportunity to take all of those questions and what ifs and what abouts that come about as we are talking about them on the episodes and get in touch with me so that I can use those for that final conversation that I will have with Maris and Florencia to finish out the series. There's also a link in the show notes to get your own copy of Common Ground if you haven't read it yet and you're intrigued by what we're talking about. Florencia Henshaw mentioned to Hackett Publishing, who is the publisher who published the book Common Ground, she mentioned to them that I was going to be doing a series of episodes unpacking the book, and they reached out to me and offered a discount for listeners, a 25% discount on the book. So use the link in the show notes to go right to Hackett Publishing and be sure to use the discount code that you'll see in the show notes as well. And you'll be able to get a 25% discount on the book Common Ground. So be sure to also check out the show notes where you'll see the link to sign up for Talking Points, my weekly email newsletter with tips and resources for language teaching. There are also links to get in touch with me if you'd like to work together, either in person in your school or remotely. So grab the book Common Ground at that 25% discount if you are interested in it, or you can just be listening to these podcast episodes where you're going to get a really good gist of it. But it's interesting. I do want to say real quickly that at the end of all of Florencia Henshaw's videos where she unpacks articles, she always says, this is just my take on it. I encourage you to read it yourself and to figure out what it means for you and how you understand understand it and let's have a conversation and maybe we'll come to a different understanding together. So I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to be talking about all the wonderful ideas that come up in this book and you can listen to this podcast. You can take them. You can go right into your classroom and do them. But just like Florencia says, I will also say that this is my take on it. And if you have the opportunity to read it on your own and have your own take on it, I would love to hear about that so that we can all come to a better understanding together. Thank you so much for being with me today. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.
You've been listening to the World Language Classroom Podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WL Classroom. You can also see over 250 blog posts about language teaching at, you guessed it, wlclassroom.com.